Hi, welcome to Bible Studies with the Twins. I'm Lori. And I am Michelle, and we are your hosts for this podcast. Excited to have you here. We are twin sisters just sharing our love of reading the Bible for the very first time to encourage you to do the same. We're not Bible experts. We're just two girls who fell into false teachings, law of attraction, manifesting, didn't know God's word. So we are sharing our journey to encourage you to join along with us to know the truth. We hope our Bible studies bless you along your walk with Christ. So join along with us, grab your Bibles, and let's get started. Before we get into our Matthew Bible study, we wanted to let you know this was the first book of the Bible that we started reading after coming out of false teachings, new age things. So please remember, Lori and I are new to reading and studying God's Word. We have learned a lot over the years, not just with about God's Word and the Bible, but in the book of Matthew as well, we came across other people later after we recorded all of our Matthew Bible studies that taught us new insights. So we might squeeze in other little talks of just sharing those little things along the journey of these Matthew Bible studies. Please though, make sure you check out our Matthew resource page where we're going to link up all the resources. If you hear something, please give Lori and I grace and mercy along our journey. We're still learning and growing and Jesus is still working and it's and changing us. So we hope you enjoy these Matthew Bible studies. Hey girls, welcome to another Bible study session. We are continuing on with reading Matthew. In today's session, we're going to be focusing on chapter 13. And we're going to break up this chapter into a couple different series of different parts. So just disclaiming that Lauren and I... Again, we're doing our best to, to study, get different people's perspective on these messages, knowing that there's more, we know more pastors and people that study this stuff, and we'll get through all of them over time probably, but uh, just making sure that you are doing your own research too, on your own time, and digging into letting the Lord speak to you, and just let the Holy Spirit work just through you. Well, yeah. our Bible studies here with you to just another way to, for you to get another perspective. So let's dive into it. I'm super excited for today. I've got yes. all my notes. I know. I need, I need to get better at organizing. I, I just get writing. I don't really pay attention. Of Am I not? It's so interesting. My notebook. Well, I'm not an organized person anyway. My notebook started off very... I was doing different colorings and different words bigger to make my notebook yeah. even look cute. Now it's just like, now just, but here we are starting chapter 13. This commentary, the Be Loyal Guy, said this chapter, chapter 13, records the events of a crisis day in the ministry of Jesus. He knew that the growing opposition of the religious leaders would lead to his crucifixion. Remember, we, we saw that in the previous one. He knew that they were plotting to kill Jesus. Um, so he also knew like what's going to happen with his kingdom, what type of question from his disciples was probably going to be coming up in their minds. So this is what he is answering in these parables of what's going to be happening to his kingdom. But the interesting is, is that the, the parables actually kind of puzzles the disciples. And so mm -hmm. it was kind of fun to watch the disciples interact with Jesus during all these parables. And they always, I love how he ended this chapter, like, do you guys understand all this? And they said, yes, which probably wasn't the full truth, but I just, I just love that. Um, so we're gonna teach real quick again what a parable is. Um, again, I think Michelle will say, add on to this too, that a parables back then in this day and age was a very common way for people to teach form of a, a long analogy, usually in the form of a short story. Uh, what how they add and this guy added in that the word parable means to cast alongside 
It is a story or a comparison that is put alongside something else to make the lesson clear. Um, as I said, like these were not these are not the ones that, of course, Jesus shared were not your ordinary parables that the people mm -hmm. were talking about. He was talking about the mysteries of the kingdom. Hopefully, you girls and girls have already read the chapters. You guys probably saw that he was talking a lot about the different mysteries of the kingdom and who's really going to be hearing and understanding it. So, and remembering that the parables um, conceal truth from those who are either too lazy, I love how you put it, or too lazy to think about it, or too blinded by their own prejudices to see. And the Calvary Church, like our local church here, he did a really great job. He really went deep, and that's what we're gonna play into today as well with you. Really go deep with the first parable. Yes, yeah, so um, I, I feel like we're gonna focus on verses uh, one through 23. Right? Yeah, because he just said like this first parable is really important to understand because it kind of builds, it's the main one, and then the other one's kind of like, Right. Again, our follow-ups to it in a way, but the first one really unlocks all the other parables. So it's really important to understand this first parable to be able to understand all the other ones. Um, so that's just a side note to kind of keep track of, and that's why um, where we're starting. Uh, this commentary made uh, I learned that he answered, "Why did Jesus teach in parables?" And he said for two reasons: one, because of the sluggish of the people. That again, like I said before, there were, some people are just too lazy to really hear and understand the message. And the other one because it was actually prophesied in a Psalm 78. Again, Jesus did not teach in parables to confuse or to, get, to condemn people. Rouse, he, saw, he did it to increase interest and arouse their curiosity. And he said these parables would give light to those with trusting, searching hearts, but they would bring darkness to the unconcerned and the unrepentant. So I just find that very interesting. So we're going to again go into... Um, of starting off with the first one. I love how he starts. Later that same day, Jesus left the house. Again, remember he was just in the house um, talking about who's his family yeah. um, and sat beside the lake. A large crowd, remember crowds were always following Jesus wherever he went, believers and unbelievers, soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. Mm -hmm. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. I'm about to, I just, before we dive into I just want to picture that for a second. Jesus, our Messiah, you know, he's out on a bow. I just can only imagine what that looks like. Well, um, here on this app, they give kind of pictures of what the Sea of Galilee looks like. I don't oh, know what cool. happened to it. That's really cool. It, it clicked, I clicked on the picture that went with it, and it's there. I don't know if that coming across. I know, it's remember when we learned about the, the storm the at the sea. sea, when Jesus calms the storm. I know it's not a very big lake. Yeah, no. um, you can always see it across the way. But yeah. one thing they said here, that they said about why, maybe one reason why Jesus might have gotten to the boat was that back then, I guess, it, people, to help people hear better, sound travels better over water. And so if he stayed among the crowd, they may not have heard the message. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, I also like what the cavalry pre uh, preacher talked about. He said, why did, the, why did Jesus get on the boat to teach? Um, he said, like, to get some distance from the crowd. Yeah. So he could really teach. To me, as the crowd is usually always trying to touch him or get near him. So, you know, it can probably be like, on. hey, get, yeah. get off me. I want to teach here. So... Uh, I think that kind of like seeing it that way too. So a few yeah. more things before we finish off what the parable actually is. Um, other things in our notes that we forgot to mention that we, we feel important for all of us to kind of have a deeper Remember understanding about parables. about parables. That um, parable, parables 
are used to conceal a message, not reveal a message. Mm -hmm. Parables are taught in public, and but they are explained in private, which is what we're going to see, see here yeah. in this in this chapter. So make uh, just make note of that, and also keep it in the back of your mind. See when Jesus is talking about these things in publicly, and when he's talking to it in privately, who is he talking to in private about it? Yeah, this so. um, one from my phone here. They said parables are stories drawn from everyday life that illustrate a religious truth. They compare familiar situations or events to an unfamiliar or unrecognized truth. Mm -hmm. The hearers of the parables often identify with a particular character or react to the parable's reversal of ex expectations. Parables act as a both a window to the kingdom of God and a mirror mm -hmm. that convicts listeners trapping them through the element of surprise which i definitely think all that you when from reading it and yeah. you could see a lot of that and also one thing that the matthew henry commentary made note of um that we see here that the the what the disciples one thing he says too is even disciples of us today disciples of jesus will want to when we have the i guess urge and desire to search more into the parables leads us into more intimacy with the mysteries of the gospel and i just find that kind of just a beautiful thing so i think there is a lot of mystery in in god and i and i think some people that that also makes people feel a lot of people doubt and kind of makes some people frustrated but to me i find it fascinating. Amazing. I find it amazing I, that we have a God that is so big and so on, that we so can't much understand that we everything. Can't, yeah, that we can't. I just think I think it just makes it like it shows that you want a God like that versus mm -hmm. a God who's just like you. Like you want a God who's just who's yeah. above and beyond. That's a note he made that the carnal heroes would look no further, nor ask the meaning of the parables, and therefore they will never be wiser. Mm -hmm. There are mysteries of the gospel, the kingdom of heaven. So this should inspire us to keep searching into, and I think not just into Jesus' parables, but just to keep researching in the Bible, like keep yeah. discovering more about our God and, and, and Jesus and things and the mysteries of it. And more, I've, Lord, I've seen from other people and hear other people's stories, like more God reveals to you along your journey of all of this. And I think that's also, ultimately that's just a beautiful thing that the nearer we draw to Christ, I had my notes here, the more... We converse with him, the better we come acquainted with these gospel mysteries. I think that's why some people can get the parables yeah. and some don't. It's because that, they have a little bit of their understanding. Well, it's it's a little bit of a mystery and I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to share that before we dive into the reading it. Let's get into it. Yes. So, what's the first one? Starting off at verse 4. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out of the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So we're going to stop it there before we dive in a little bit deeper, and then we'll continue reading. But just, and that many will hear what he is saying 
but they won't understand it. And it's difficult to explain things of the spirit to the natural man because they lack what is needed to understand it. Yet Jesus is here asking for us to hear and to listen or understand. And then, of course, then his disciples coming in verse 10 come back to him and say, His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? So who's at, we have to like then look at who, so who's at coming to Jesus to understand why? His disciples. So again, it's the, it's the people that believe him on what we talk about, the people that are seeking him, seeking to understand things more. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the crowd that was asking him these things. So just little things like that. Like this crowd does probably maybe like Jesus, but they're not quite believing in really who he is. And they're not really asking these, these questions. It's his disciples that are doing it. Mm -hmm. the, in verse 9 there, when he says, anyone with ears sh should hear. And um, the pastor here said, it means to spiritually hear. So again, like only some of us are going to be that deeper spiritually hearing it. But under, he also knows mm -hmm. when we understand all this at a deeper level, though, that comes more responsibility. So I just find that interesting as well. So I have people here with honest hearts will see what Jesus is saying with the parables and get it. And then hard hearts, the, the seed has no impression on them. And we're going to, um, a lot of the parables are going to kind of, are similar, but uh, have similar matches, but little differences. So we're going to go a little bit deeper into this first one a little bit more. And then we'll go over Jesus' also's explanation of it here. So we yeah. apologize if this one and these few ones are a little bit all over the place because we both have a lot of notes and it's it's fascinating it's to me and I love like and we want to make sure that we're covering all the bases for this one so Lloyd let's let's go back in and dive in on these this one again is focusing back on the first situation about the yes. seed so fell on the path so for the first and the so looking at yes yeah, so let's move back to um verse four where he says he scattered them across his field some mm -hmm. seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. So you kind of, first, you know, you kind of like dissect it. Okay, who's the birds? What is the field? Kind of helps start figuring out what is the mystery here that Jesus is saying. So, so in verse 4, he says it. But then he goes on to talk more. But then going over, if you scroll over in your Bible, over to verse 19 and 18, over there he starts explaining this exact parable to what it means. So we're kind of kind of be looking at, both to kind of understand yeah. it and then we'll go over the little bit of the rest of the verses here but so that and this, then you, if you go over to then verse 19 this is where he explains it the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts okay so this is the first soil that we're talking about here and so this person is someone you can see as has a very hard heart, kind of like the Pharisees. Like, they're hard heart. They're not open to seeing mm -hmm. things differently. And who are the birds? And over here, he says the evil one. So evil one snatches them away. So the evil one is the bird. And so who's the evil one? Satan. So you can make note of that, that the, that the birds are Satan. And he, the evil one, Satan, takes the seeds so some people just don't get the gospel. They just don't get it. Satan, this is, you know, these are all his tactics. He doesn't allow the gospel, Jesus, to get really into people's lives. So this is what this is an example of, and Jesus knows that. So, so it's the devil that, who takes away the seed. So they may not believe and not be saved. Um, so this person would be an unsaved person because 
they 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 don't allow Jesus into their hearts because of of Satan doing his work. And remember, one of Satan's biggest missions is to keep all of us humans away from God and away from Jesus. So this is one example of some type of people out there that they're they don't the Satan does not allow any of the goodness go into their lives. He quickly snatches it away from them. So he keeps the word the gospel out of their lives, distorts, distorts the word, so they get confused of really what it means, and anything to get people to really miss it completely. So whatever Satan does, he does it, and that's what this is representing. Um, and I guess he was mentioning in, in the book of Luke, I think he goes over this a parable again, so he gives a little bit more detail. So hopefully that helped you out a little bit with that one, knowing that the bird is that, and also the seed, Oh, here, the seeds, the word of God, the kingdom, the gospel that brings fruit to the souls. Okay. The sower that scatters the seed is Jesus. Yeah. Before we dive into the next one, I wanted to kind of, the harvest family also gave, in this first parable, these four different situations. I guess he was saying what this is also representing that in every church, there are going to be these four different, he called them heart conditions. These all different types of, like, yeah, like, like the heart, 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 heart. So he's just, Jesus is describing four different types of hearts of people within the church. So I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. Again, looking at the first one, as Lois said, it's because the enemy gets them, so they just, they don't get it. So the C, which is the word of God, doesn't get into their hearts. Yeah. And, and moving on, we'll quickly the, summarizing all of them, and then we'll dive deeper into them. The second one is about uh, the shallow hearts. They like it. But when, you know, trouble hits, adversary hits, they just, they fold, like, I'm out of this, this is not what I signed up for. The third one, again, relating to the thorns, the reminder of sin, it's the third heart, is one of thorns, um, wants to do right, but they have so many more concerns of the world that it chokes them on what God wants them to do. Yeah. And then the last one is the good heart that bears good fruit. And then now we'll, we'll go, that's a quick, yeah. quick summary of them. So I just like how you did that. So this big things, remember, this so the seed is the word of God, Jesus, the gospel, and the, uh, the the field, I believe, is the world. I have somewhere in my notes later on. And then the birds here in this one is is Satan taking away that. So let's move on then into verse. Um, yeah, the seed is the word of God, the kingdom. So the gospel is the seed that brings fruit to people, right? The sower that scatters the seed is Jesus. And it's either done by him or through his ministry. So through people now that are out there teaching the word of God are now the ones scattering the seed, right? And the ground in which the seed is sown is the hearts of people. So each man is going to have a different heart. And pretty much is also what it's showing in this one. We can see being that there's four, it's showing what? That there's going to be three bad hearts and one good. So that's kind of showing that one out of four, four people yeah, in the well, church that's kind of sad. is going to bring good fruit. We're going to the second one. Yeah, so now looking as we look at verse 5 again mm -hmm. together. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly. So it looks like it's going to be something mm -hmm. good because the soil was shallow. But, but then there's a but. <laughs> but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Now, kind of understanding a little bit of the context here, you might have a little idea of what this this second um, soil or heart is. And these are so mentioned this for these verses five and six. Um, they're the people with the sh shallow hearts. And so let's slide over again to where Jesus is going to explain this one, which is in over in verse twenty to twenty-one. Mm -hmm. 
The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But it's all good, right? <laughs> but <laughs> since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So that's again, mm -hmm. he does that definitely helps understand a little bit more, but we're gonna talk about it a little bit more, and then we'll move on to the third one. So again, so like similar that. to the first one, um, these the, the pre, uh, our pastor here mentioned these are also kind of people who will, who will be unsaved because they 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 turn away from Jesus as soon as there's anything that makes them uncomfortable in a way. Because um, remember, you have to believe in Jesus and stuff. So this is just things to be aware of. Um, this is an example of Michelle had the shallow heart, but this is an example of when someone has an outward conversion, but nothing inside changes. Mm -hmm. So you can see stuff on the outside. Yeah, they might be going to church. They might be doing, looking like they're doing all the things, but internally, they're still the same person. Yeah, the Matthew Henry heart. may notice running ourselves of just remember that hearing the word does not bring us to heaven, and that's pretty much kind of what these people are doing. They're not making any internal and shifts in them they're just hearing it and it's giving them they're like what they're hearing but that's not enough to um to bring you to heaven it's just hearing the word yeah so i also made note um it's people who lack the depth and are not willing to endure hard times because of the word so again it's like when there's any confliction or problems they're out of here type of mm -hmm. thing because they're i'm assuming out of fear like what's going to happen to them and i also made note here yeah. they will many will endure it endure being you know christian and doing this church life stuff right for a while but they will not make it all the way till the end confliction because of the word the word of god the bible um this person in church is in church but all of a sudden the bible says something they don't like <laughs> or they don't want it to say and now they have a problem with the word mm -hmm. of God. So this again, this is an example. These are the ones that don't like what the word says. It offends them. So they're like, okay, yeah, I'm out of here. here. First I tried it. Oh, but I don't like what you said there. So I'm out of here type of thing. So, um, and then the going into, he said they're going to, when they deal with persecution for the word, which we know that's going to happen. Jesus yeah. has warned us as Christians. So we need to be prepared that there is going to be people fighting us back on the word. So we need to make sure we have those deep roots, which to me, I'm so thankful for this journey of reading the Bible again, because I know my roots are just going to keep getting deeper and deeper so I can stand firm in the persecution. Well, I just liked how the Matthew so. Henry brought up here about how it talks about the sun scorched them, like pretty much that's Jesus is representing right there. That's the persecution you're going to face, right? Yeah. And so that's, all, yeah, as Lois said, we all need... Because remember the couple the chapters knowing before that. Jesus was talking about... He was called all sorts of names, so you better believe the people that follow me are going to be the same way. So I just like to tell he may note too the Matthew Henry, Henry Henry commentary may notice that some trials will shake people like this, like they'll just be like, oh wait, no, I don't like this, I'm out of here. If they throw this off, and they're not rooted truly in Christ. But for other people that go through trials, it actually is going to confirm again their rootness in, in Christ. I just like to again remember the sun can grow corn, but it can also burn it. So it's also just showing, like, I love how Jesus used corn as an example for this because yeah. trials can help some things shine more and stand more firmly in their truth than Jesus. As other people, it's going to, it's not. And I just thought that was great. Yeah, so you great can kind of see this person as, hey, I'm a believer. And all of a sudden, it becomes difficult to be a believer because why? They see that people don't like Christians. 
So then they don't want people to not like them. So then they're like, oh, then I don't want to be a Christian. So it's, yeah, I'm sure we've probably mm-hmm. seen those people. I know Michelle and I were those people at some moments in our lives. Um, so this, again, is just reminding us here is that stuff on the outside might be happening, but what's really happening on the inside? Jesus is saying here, you're going to be careful the people that look like they're changed, but really on the I inside. I definitely would say that's definitely more, and I've experienced this version of ourselves because uh, we definitely, by not being rooted in Christ, is why the enemy did get a hold of us, and that's we are a perfect example of a little bit of both of these first two. Mm-hmm. Also, and this one can be a great example of, I think Michelle touched on a little bit right there, is that the difficulty doesn't make me, it reveals me. So mm-hmm. I think that's also why sometimes we all go through the difficult times in life because it does reveal us. It does really spring out who we truly are. Yeah. And so I think this is, Jesus knows that, and this is an example of, are you going to be the person that is deep-rooted or the person that just runs away? So I just made note of to ask, in difficult times, do we run to the Lord or do we run from the Lord? Um, again, as believers, we should always be running to the Lord when we're dealing with t- hard times. We need to be turning to- towards the Lord, not away from Him. Yep. So. All right, so let's move on to the next one, starting at verse 7. So, Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. It explains it over here in verse 22. So let's read that. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Yeah. So this was another one that I, I definitely I'm going to read mine just because it's a slightly different but similar message, obviously. Yeah. But it's now the one sown... So what are you reading? 22, this? sorry, verse 22. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word... But the worries of this age and the deceitfulness, and I had a little side note, another word people, I guess, use that pleasure, of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. As a root, but has no fruit. So again, the fruit is, is what we do. And so I love the Calvary Church here. I love how he gave the title for this version of a person is it's the unbelieving believer. <laughs> I just love that. Like they're a believer, but yet they don't really believe. So it's like the unbelieving believer. Um, this is the one. Is this this one is a believer, but they just never come to a place where they really become fruitful in their lives. Um, be, um, because these are the people again that hear the word. They go to the church, but when things don't turn out, they will never produce fruit in their lives. They have no true spiritual effect in helping out God's kingdom or God's family. So again, I'm going to verse 22 when Jesus is explaining this more. Jesus is telling his disciples, remember he explains it in private and teaches them in public. And he's explaining it to private, the people, his disciples, us, who really want to hear what he's Mm -hmm. saying. So Jesus is telling us why this person never comes to the place where they become spiritually fruitful. This person is too worried about what could happen to trust God. So he also meant in Greek the word worry... Merimna, um, and he said that so through the idea of distraction. So you can see this person is is a person that is just very easily distracted and does the stuff, but it also can get very pulled away into the the worldly stuff. Um, so they're always distracted from the Lord, so they can't really produce any fruit in their lives because yeah. they're always the reading, but they're not really doing anything else in in their life. So I also made note. 
distracted from becoming everything that God wants them to become because they focus on other things. They are worried instead of trusting God. So I, I, the Calvary Church here pastor gave some examples and they're very helpful to me to uh, deepen my understanding of kind of who this person might be to help me be aware of it. And so this would be example is people who don't really share their faith because they're worried that, again, going back to the other one, someone might not like them. And I must admit, Michelle and I were that. So Michelle and I have been in this camp before. Oh, so apparently when I've been in all these camps. <laughs> so I've experienced a part of these. I think yeah. all of us, I mean, no, I will go in a second. Like we can probably see ourselves in different parts different of our lives life. in this. And that's one thing camp. too, the Matthew Henry made note of. Let me see if I can find my notes on it. How he said how knowing that this is going to happen like, and this is happening and, and how we all can kind of see we ourselves might be mm -hmm. in this one camp of them is that's why we have to still pray for others in the church because we learn later in the other parables it's not really our responsibility to be like hey you're in this camp <laughs> you change your ways it's more like we all need to understand that we all have be aware of all this stuff we all have yeah. issues of our heart we all have issues with enemy getting us we all have issues with doubt we help all have issues with the way the world gets a hold of us in different seasons of our lives so i just like that reminder because i think a lot in this day of this world there's a lot of even within christianity people just quick to bash and the cancel culture like there's so many people yeah. just like it's crazy like here's just like jesus is saying like that's you know not your job your job is just to to that keeps you distracted from yeah this, this and closer to the and lord i just i just well, it was just always a great reminder because it was conviction in my own heart because i sometimes i was now that we're back i've been we've been very careful which is good i think it's good that for knowing where i came out of i want to be careful who i listen to and who i'm surrounding myself with because i don't want to fall back in to any of these camps but i also need to make sure i'm not being too quick because maybe that person is like me is going to come to the truth too yeah. so it was a reminder to myself and i pass it along but so i also made note here oh, quickly uh -huh. um, for the matthew henry commentary again about this third one is again they're getting choked up by the ways of the world because again they have no roots so they again they gain some good things from here in the world but since it doesn't over really take them the deceitfulness of the world and the riches of the world chokes them and in a sense they care more about that than yeah. as Lloyd was saying really than doing something that's what i was going to talk about the, i looked at more what the lure of wealth is my bible uh, it chose to use the words lure of wealth and mine's just this deceitful deceitful which i like the word deceitful um, i guess lure is the same type of thing but it's deceitful of riches mm -hmm. so pretty much what I, that's getting across that jesus is trying to think portray there is that we're too busy making a living truly grow spiritually yeah um, Once again, yeah, and it's a delusion i guess again and, and we learned a little bit more on this in the book of mark um it's a delusion of riches again we're so consumed with making a living so there really there is no time for the god then if you're so busy and michelle and i can vouch for that too we've been in there before where yeah. we did all these things and we're so confused so consumed with the worldly things that there was no time for god we wanted to go to mm -hmm. sleep or we were doing something else so so this made note of, I put stars, desires for other things more than God. A little ouchy there. I know it's tough, tough, tough to probably hear that, but that's what this camp and is. This, is that Matthew we, Henry also made note, it's not so much the riches, the things, right? It's more the deceitfulness of the riches that does the mischief in terms of that we're putting, people are putting the confidence in the world, you know, the worldly riches. And that's kind of can, what can choke and overtake us. And we've heard stories of other people who come out 
from not maybe not out of from out of like the false t new agey teachings that we did, but they came on more that side of the world, realizing they weren't getting fulfillment or they weren't gaining anything that this world claims you're going to get. I mean, we've all yeah. seen people say, I had all the things that I wasn't happy or it's, just a, it, it's a true thing. I think all of us will go through a period of life, well, no, I just need to attain all these things and I'll be okay here. And I think this is a, this one's an example of saying, yeah. well, just be careful. It could eventually choke you. Yeah. So, so let's move on to the fourth yeah. one. So then looking at verse eight and its explanation is um, over on verse 23. So that reads, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 36 or even 100 times as much as he is planted. So this last one, the, the pastor here called them, these are the overcoming believers. And again, it's explained in verse, um, so it says in 8, but Jesus explains it in verse 23 there. So this is pretty much someone who gets it. Um, they understand it, and they're able then also to produce the fruit in their life. Um, this is also someone who delights themselves in the Word of God. Uh, and they find delight in hearing the Word of God and having a deeper understanding of it. I must say, I'm, I feel I'm in right now in that moment in my life, and I, I hope I, I pray every day that God keep this fire for Him inside my heart, so delighting in Him that the world doesn't take over me, because right now I am. Like I told you, Michelle and I took a long time reading and understanding this and going to go heavier with you girls here. So it's just, I am finding such delight in studying the word of God and delighting it and, and wanting to understand it. Again, Me I think because Michelle said, we knew of the Bible, we heard some verses, but we never really took the time to really understand it. So this one really hit me because I feel like I'm, I'm getting, I know I have a lot to learn and to grow spiritually. But I, I'm a person that has the ear willing to listen. Yeah. Um, so just a few notes here that I had on this last heart condition mm -hmm. is that good seed should always meet with good soil. True Christians bring forth fruits of righteousness. It doesn't say this good ground has no stones or thorns. So again, going back in, isn't saying Jesus isn't saying when you with this heart isn't going to have any trials or deal with sin or anything like that. That's part of it too. It doesn't hinder them. So it goes back into we're in it for the long haul, no matter how much mm -hmm. is done along our journey with Christ. We're in it for the long haul. Yeah. And then so it's we are not perfectly free from the, the remains of sin, but we're happily freed from the reign of it over our lives. Because through Jesus, we are, our, we are no longer slave to our sin. So we hear, we understand it, and we're also concerned with understanding what Lord is saying. I think if we're all in that boat, if we're just trying our best to understand God's word, that's a good place to be. Yeah. We bear fruit when we practice according to the word. So among fruitful Christians, some are more fruitful than others. We're going to continue on. So again, in verse 9, Jesus says to back to, his, um, to the crowd, speaking to the crowd here, anyone who hears, to hear should listen and understand. Then the disciples come to him, hey, what are you, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> Then Jesus is replying to them in verse 11. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. So I just made note here that Jesus is replying to his disciples, and he's basically telling them there that parables are understood by those who have the ear of the Spirit, not understood by others. So Jesus is again affirming that the ability to comprehend Spiritual truth is a gift of God. Others have unbelief, rebellion, spiritual blindness. Yeah, I had a note from the Matthew Henry saying that people that get get them and have an understanding. 
the great God grants them more and more grace to, to, to understand them more and more. And then they could understand it because God has given them the grace to understand it. And again, that's yeah. a gift from God. So verse 12, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will begin, which Michelle was saying. The more all of us, I think, read and study the word and show that delightness and learning about God, he's going to keep giving all of us more and more understanding and discernment on Hallelujah things. Hallelujah to that. Yes. <laughs> and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even with, with little understanding they have will be taken away from them. And so just made note that it, it can be danger to those that hear but do not understand the word of God. Oh, it's like, again, I'm not really hearing this again. I think that goes, goes back to like judgment day. There, there will be judgment. So just saying here that in, from that parable, the Bible is going to hit people in different ways. And not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's mm -hmm. going to produce fruit from it. As we already mentioned, the different heart conditions, the four different ones and yeah. only one of the four. So a fourth of it will really grow fruit. Would I just... I, when I really learned that, I was I was a man. I was a little shocked that that little shocking. bit of people yeah. are going to really be understanding the gospel. So, yep. Then moving on to verse thirteen, this is why I use these parables. For they look, but they do not really see. They hear, but they don't really un listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, "When you hear what I say, you will not understand." When you see what I do, you will not comprehend, for the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Quick but, notes I made here of on this little section here is that people will shut their eyes to Christ and they will be left in the dark. They pretty much saw no difference in him. They just thought he was another man. Mm. Many will see the gospel and hear it, but again, it never reaches their hearts. And we, and we know some reason being is that the, the enemy gets a hold of their hearts. And moving on here to verses 16 and 17, when we go uh, to finish this section out, blessed are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. Yeah, I just meant that. And that's good that, that word blessed again, which we heard in, yeah. in the Beatitudes. I just meant so what Jesus is saying to um to them is that parables will only be understood by believers. So mm -hmm. his disciples, we just saw all his family. And so they're believers. And so he's saying, so again I look at it as like we can take away from this as believers that we'll be able to understand these parables because we are believers. So. And then to end it out, seventeen, for I truly tell you Many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, but, but didn't, didn't hear them. And then it goes on to, he explains the, the parables. And that's just going to end our session here for today. So just real I had a little notes here on verses, um, those last few verses there. Some people are positively affected by the parables and they desire to see more, to learn more and stuff. Jesus, like, when the, he always explained, when his disciples asked, he did explain it. So I just like that. Like, Jesus didn't mind. He knew us, when all of us would benefit he, he hearing the message over and over. So I just like that reminder. Yeah, he wasn't like, you guys should get this, don't yeah. you? But he was like, no, I'll explain it to you I'll guys. Explain it to, yeah. I like that again, that we can always be reminded that we can come to Jesus for more help. Yep. And that he's willing to be there to help us. And, I, and another main note here, this, I remember there's four different soils. But it's all the same seed cast out by the same sower. Mm -hmm. So and it's you know it's so the soil is our hearts. So you can see that as the soil is our hearts, 
And again, we cannot, we all think just need to take time and maybe that's what you do here afterwards as you really evaluate yourself and maybe where you fall on the four different soils um, and then ask Jesus for help. Always ask him to help you. Again, though, I think, I know from Michelle, which we shared, like we have seen ourselves in these different soils and because uh, we did go through it, we didn't talk about the first one, but we did go through a period of life where we wanted nothing to do with oh, yeah. the Bible. Um, we call it our rebellion years. Um, so I think we probably all might have those as well. So, so just kind of ask yourself, like, what kind of soil am I? How can I prepare my heart and mind to be the right kind of soil? And it's like that. So you can also turn to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, help me to prepare my heart and mind to be the right kind of soil. Just remember, girls, that the problem is never with the seed. The seed, again, is the Word of God. The problem is with the soil. So going out in this world, when we talk about the gospel, we share the stories that we're, that we're learning and understanding from the gospel, there's going to be opposition towards it. So remember, it's always a problem with the soils. We need to understand that sometimes when we talk about Jesus and the, with the gospel, the Bible, it's going to fall on those rocky soils. But that shouldn't stop us from keep sowing the seed. Keep talking about the gospel. Remember ourselves that God's word is living. This Bible, God's word brings life. So the sower needs to keep sowing the word because of that, because of that reason. It does change people's lives. It will change people's lives. And it will continue to do that. So our jobs as Christians, as believers, as the sowers, we need to keep getting Bibles into more people's hands. Helping people to better understand the Bible and keep praying that their hearts are being prepared to where Jesus needs them to be. So I just want to mention one thing that Lori and I found came across this new girl. We've really been enjoying her content. She's really good with a deep in theology. She did. We listened to one of her podcasts. She was kind of sharing how she approaches studying the Bible. And one thing that I think I just want to pass it on because I it was I felt like a little conviction in our heart because. I kind of felt pressured, and, and I hope we weren't passing this on to you guys in our Bible studies, is that we were trying to really make sure everything we read, it related to something in our lives, or that it had to, and she was reminding us that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times we're coming to read the Bible to, to know just to know Jesus, to know our Lord, to know our God. It doesn't always That's mean that us. it doesn't always have to relate to us or have to be something about our lives. And I just want to pass it on. In case I forget, someone please remind me if Lori and I ever feel like we're putting it too much about, okay, what's it trying to teach us in our own lives? Because I felt like I was, I felt like we had to. I felt like from other people, that's what I was supposed to do when you read the Bible is, okay, make sure how you're interpreting my life. I think life. certain books, but... Um, I think general principles, like deeper into this, we really hope the Holy Spirit continue to um, work in your own heart and mind and help you see where you um, need help. Um, so, and just know that Jesus is always there. If you remember, the disciples asked for help to, to help, and so we can do the same to Jesus. So, mm -hmm. let's all bow our heads together. Dear Heavenly Father, our Creator, thank you. Thank you for this beautiful message that Jesus portrayed in these parables. Thank you that your word is living, and it brings life to so many. And thank you, Lord, for stowing all of us with this word and continue to let us be the sowers of your good word. Lord, we ask, we pray, help us, all of us, to continue to prepare our hearts and minds so we can continue to be the good soil and bearing the good fruit and produce all this wonderful fruit for you and your kingdom. We want to say thank you, Heavenly Father, for guiding us 
each and every way. And thank you, Jesus. We pray that it's so nice to know that we can come to you with our questions and you are right there to help us understand it deeper. In your beautiful name, amen. Thank you girls again so much for joining Michelle and I today's Bible study. Thank you so much for being here and we're not here to judge you on what soil you are. We love you and we'll see you in the next Bye. Bible study.